This is the Sea to Sky podcast with Alan, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. Welcome to another Sea to Sky podcast, and I'm here with Ron Mitchell at what used to be the Thornhill Group Real Estate, which is now Ang. Sorry, what is? What are you now? Angle and Volkler's Whistler. You said that better than I would have said it. Ron, thanks for sitting down with us, and uh, let's talk real estate because, as you probably know better than I, I don't think people ever get tired of talking about real estate. Well, real estate is always a hot topic, and uh, it's a, and, you know from a, from a consumer's point of view, it's it's nice to know uh, what what is really going on in the market because we we hear so much about uh, kind of stories here and there and, and hearsay, but um, I always say facts tell the true story. Um, and so, we, what are the facts? And when we look at the facts this year, um, Whistler is, is still in a very healthy uh, market. Our market uh, really took off back uh, in February of 2016. Um, 2016, 2017 were banner years in terms of uh, the number of sales, uh, dollar volume, and price increases. Was that does that mark sort of the end of the Olympic hangover? About then, it could be. It, you know, there were a lot of false expectations with uh, with the Olympics. Um, but one of the things that I think really carried over was the financial crunch that we saw in October of, of 20, uh, 2008. And um, although we had the Olympics after that, that was a bit of a cushion that got us through. Um, the impact of, uh, of low tourist destinations uh, visiting here and other factors really uh, created a bit of a slump through uh, 20, 2012, 2013, 2014. And if you look at um, those, uh, that period of time, obviously from a buyer's perspective, uh, those were great times to have got into the market. Um, as I mentioned a moment ago, the market changed uh, significantly uh, in 2016, the beginning of 2016, and uh, and that pressure on the market, buying pressure, really continued through uh, 16, 17, and, and to date. And when we look at back on the stats, referring to them, um, one of the things that you, you, you start to see is that um, one thing I like to look at is inventory. When we when we look at what the inventory is, and these are statistics that come off the Whistler listing system, which is a, a localized uh, system um, of uh, here in Whistler. In 2015, at this point in time, at the end of September, um, which was third quarter, we were carrying back then about 440 listings uh, on the ML on the WLS, and currently, uh, as of this time in 2018, we're carrying 212. So when you think about that, it's about a 50% drop in listing inventory yeah. over that period of time. Uh, it progressively went down through those years. Uh, in looking at dollar volume, when you look at the time, when we even go back a year, um, basically what we're looking at is that prices have continued to increase. At the present time here, they may have stabilized a bit, but over the past year, uh, they've increased uh, about 11% just in the past year. Um, the number of, of listings have stayed relatively stable in the last year or two, sitting between 200, 180 to just over 200. Um, and, um, and the sales, although they have come down, the number of transactions yeah. uh, have come down from the peak years of 2016 and 2017, the dollar volume, as I mentioned, has strengthened. So, well, we, so there, there are fewer homes being sold, but they're just being sold for more. Correct. And that's basically it. So when we, when we look at the demand uh, and you break it down into property types and into different segments of the pricing, our Vancouver clientele basically still fuels most of this market. Okay. So that begs the question, how long can the demand keep rising? Well, it's an interesting thing. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of wealth out in the world today. And when I say our Vancouver market, they're kind of the, the bread and butter of, of, the, of the Whistler market. Um, 
they uh, the one thing too is when you get into the higher levels uh, three four five million you start to see a little bit more non-residents uh, coming from Asia the US or possibly uh, the UK but the thing with demand one of the things we have here in Whistler um, we're we're an hour and a half two hours away uh, from a very strong rubber tire market the lower mainland yeah we're three and a half to four and a half hours away from uh, Metro Seattle which is again a very strong rubber tire market the um, the amount of properties here in Whistler right now, when you think about it, there is no new developments taking place. We're basically, uh, for, from a practical point of view, um, set, reset. We're built out. We're built out. There's yeah. still a few projects to be done, but we're basically built out. The, um, the access to Whistler on the other side of the coin uh, with the highway that came in as a result of the Olympics makes it a lot more desirable for people to come up, not just to ski anymore, but one of the things that has fueled our market is the fact that people are looking at Whistler it's kind of their four-season getaway. Um, many people don't even ski anymore. They're, they're looking at it, as you and I spoke a few minutes ago, off, uh, offline, um, more coming up in the summer. Uh, they're looking at that four-season aspect of it uh, in terms of just a quick, easy getaway to own a house, a condo uh, here. Well, uh, even here, we are, here we are in the middle of October, and we, we see the village, yeah. people, lots of people walking around the village, and they're... I guess they're here to see the the trees change in color and, and then breathe the mountain air and 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 I think the reality with that is that it's a different type of person and uh, than maybe we saw 25 or 30 years ago that was really focused just on the ski season. I think uh, with the just growth in the population in, yeah. in Metro Vancouver. Um, it also brings in different types of people with different interests. Um, and I think the fact that people want to come up and just experience Whistler uh, is a key point. Um, one, of the, one of the things that, uh, from our real estate point of view, is that when you look at the amount of, of, of wealth that's passed on to um, from uh, generations in the Lower Mainland, there, there's a tremendous amount now that I believe uh, people are inheriting that will also look at can I have a lifestyle can I buy something that's that's uh, comfortable to add to value to my life and I think that's a component that people aren't just buying for investment per se uh, one of the lines I've used for the years is one of the best reasons to buy on Whistler is ROL and people say what's ROL? Return on lifestyle? Return on lifestyle okay. you know ROI is a great one and you can get it uh, definitely long-term growth capital appreciation and at times through uh, rental revenues depending on the the seasonality of uh, vacation rentals, but uh, return on lifestyle is probably the best reason to buy in Whistler from the get-go and going forward. Okay, so the people in Seattle and the people in Vancouver, as you say, the rubber the rubber traffic. What sort of what sort of units are they generally looking at? I, I, I assume townhomes. Yeah, that's a it's a real good question. Um, one of the things too, from a price point, although our prices have gone up significantly over the last three years. Um, the affordability aspect of it is still kind of under that 1.5. So a lot of people are looking, what can I get in Whistler, uh, a one or two bedroom, uh, in the, you know, under a million, uh, one, 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 two. So when we look at our condos and our townhouses of this past year, condos and townhouses were the, uh, took the largest component of the marketplace. Um, townhouses uh, saw uh, a total of about uh, 30 uh, one percent of the total units trade, traded, and uh, condos represented approximately thirty-seven percent of the total units traded. Chalets, because of their higher price point, uh, were down. And to give you an example, in chalets, uh, they uh, 
they represented um, only about 16% of the total trades. So you can see that affordability uh, is really tucked into where the townhouses and condos are. Yeah. And typically right now, a one-bedroom uh, townhouse condo, uh, depending on the location and complex, be it the village or in the residential areas, you're somewhere in the mid-sixes to high-sevens uh, yeah. for uh, in terms of the price. And townhouses of a two-bedroom nature, you're anywhere from... You know, nine hundred up into one, two, one, three in that. Range. I, I got to think that also it's it's value. I mean, if you're looking at a two to three bedroom townhome for about one two to maybe one four, and you're looking at an A-frame in Emerald that's going for a million five, and it's maybe two bedrooms and it's over forty years old. That that was Ron's phone, not mine, for the record. The, uh, and, and that's a good comparison. You know, the interesting thing when we talk about an old cabin in, in Alpine or Emerald, and we're obviously we're seeing those uh, sell, yeah. uh, and that reflects land value. It's it's the it's the land component, the dirt that, that actually is created. And again, we don't foresee uh, any new subdivisions being created uh, in, in any near proximity to, to to the village. So even areas like Emerald that we thought of, you know, as being far out uh, previously, uh, you're basically looking at land value there at around one two. Uh, in that range. Um, Alpine could be a little bit higher. We just had a recently an old cabin uh, sell for one three and change. Um, so, and people are not, basically are buying those for, for eventually to build. And that's the other side of the coin is that um, a lot of these older cabins that we saw built in the, in the 60s and 70s, um, be it in Alta Vista, which is a very desirable area, white gold desirable area, and the outer areas of Alpine and Emerald, um, they're slowly gonna get knocked down and, uh, and yeah. rebuilt. Uh, the interesting thing with that, with the cost of building, uh, and the uh, and basically the the regulatory requirements building today in terms of code, um, building homes today uh, become very expensive. And now what you're going to see is these end products are worth a fair amount of money. You're easily into the three million plus range when you build uh, a house that uh, is on a lot that's worth one two or one five. So that is strengthening the values within uh, Whistler in terms of the long term. And uh, so when you look at those people that are buying those older cabins, it's a, it's, it is a different um, buyer profile. Uh, because if they're looking price for price, yes, you, for 1.2, you can get uh, a, a townhouse, a two-bedroom nice townhouse somewhere, and, uh, and create in the village if you want revenue from it, generate revenue. So it is a bit different. Recently, a story was told to me uh, of an agent um, who sold a, a two-bedroom here in the village, and the buyer, uh, Vancouver people, uh, semi-retired, and they had decided that they were taking their money out of the stock market and they're putting it into a real estate investment, mainly to do Airbnb, nightly rentals. Yeah. So that's been a big trend over the last couple of years uh, with, it, with the, the, um, the exposure that Airbnb has given to the consumer, although we've always had VRBO, Allura, where owners could do their own rentals, but the Airbnb concept, I think, has elevated that and brought more people, particularly into the village area in the past year, buying one or two bedroom condos, townhouses to do specific. They that. see that they can rent their not full time to a tenant. They see that they can rent it out piece by piece to to uh, holiday makers. Correct. And and then and even get more return on their money than if they had a permanent tenant. And if you look if you look at uh, the tourist destination visits of the past two years with the two winters we've had, uh, hotel uh, visitations and so on, if the records uh, from Tourism Whistler, 
Yeah, there's a, a significant increase in visitations, but also in the nightly rental rate. So people that want to do their own rentals in properties that are zoned for it, which we call a phase one, it's an unrestricted yeah. tourist accommodation zone, typically found the village or the benchlands and a few outlying areas. Those areas in particular um, are attracted, that type of property is attracted to those individuals that uh, want to run a little business. And basically that's what it is. They're, you know, granted they can hire a professional property manager uh, and hands off and not be uh, affected by having to do anything. Or if you want to run a little business, uh, you can uh, operate a little uh, vacation rental business, uh, one or two properties, depending on your investment in Whistler, and, and do quite well. Okay, since we're talking about Airbnb, it's something I want to talk to you about. And it's a story that we just covered on on the podcast here is the increasing number of luxury homes that are coming on the rental market. And is that a factor of the market leveling off a bit or is it a factor of people to see the potential for Airbnb income and they say, well, why not? Why not? Why not take take in some of that income? Not too sure if I follow the question. The, the high luxury. There's. From what we understand, there's more luxury homes coming on the rental market. Coming on the rental market. Yes, coming into the rental market. Yeah. So is that, a, is that a factor of people maybe putting their house up for sale and they're not selling it as fast as they, they'd want to, so they want to just get some income? Or is that a factor of saying, oh, look at all the money you can make on Airbnb. We have this asset. Why not make it earn for us? One of the things, and I think it's not just in the, in the high-end luxury but um, as long as your property is zoned for tourist accommodation, as long as it has that zoning, so it's legally permitted to do nightly short-term rentals. So with respect to the Airbnb, I call phenomena kind of happening, I think a lot of people, and it's not just the, the high-end luxury homes that may be on the market, again, as long as they're zoned, but a lot of people are seeing um, the money that can be made. And all of a sudden you're sitting there with this asset and if they have the ability to manage it themselves, the key thing then is that they do see a profitable uh, venture here. And, um, so I think a lot of it is, again, what we've mentioned several times, is that they're just looking at the possibility of doing Airbnb rental uh, and the value related to that in terms of the income that they can create. And uh, Airbnb has created a, you know, a, a broad range of, of people uh, in all aspects of different property types um, utilizing their services. So it's it's something that, uh, I, again, to repeat myself, I don't see it's just connected to one particular type of property, but as you may say, in the, or you said in the high-end luxury, possibly there are more high-end luxury homes um, that are entering the market. So, But are you seeing a leveling off of high-end homes being purchased? Is there, is there you know... Well, when we, the high-end homes, I, could, I can... I mean, I'm, I'm talking, I guess, let's say, I mean, in Whistler, how high is high, but I mean, let's say above $4 million. Yeah, that, uh, that market is selective. When I look at the sales of, uh, of, of 4 or $5 million right now, uh, it's, I would call, a, a selective market. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the demand for the most part is definitely under $2 million for the, the average person wanting to uh, purchase in Whistler. But they, the market in the, the 4 to $5 million range, uh, it could be very, very choosy. Uh, and they typically that buyer, although it could be coming out of Vancouver, we do see them come from Hong Kong, Singapore, parts of the U.S. Uh, so I, I don't know if I would particularly say one particular aspect of the market um, is impacted by Airbnb. I wouldn't necessarily go that way. Okay. Yeah. And, and again, we're not seeing, you're not really seeing much of a downturn in, you said earlier, we're seeing a bit of a leveling off, but really no downturn in the market. 
what what we're seeing is we're we're not seeing a, a downturn in the market. And one thing I will point out because it, it's uh, it's one that comes up periodically and has for thirty some odd years, uh, whether or not uh, the correlation between the Vancouver real estate market and Whistler. Typically speaking, if we look at uh, historical data, what Vancouver does in terms of the real estate market is completely different to Whistler. Uh, Whistler, it, um, it, it, when Vancouver actually quiets, Whistler picks up. And if you're looking at the people that are looking at placing money in places, uh, it's strictly not, not a, from a residential perspective in terms of shelter, principal residence, but looking at it, I have an investment, where am I going to put it? Am I going to buy a, a rental property in Vancouver? Or am I going to speculate on a pre-sale condo in Vancouver? Uh, or I, do I look at putting it in at Whistler? Uh, those two different scenarios, when we see people start to lose faith in what the Vancouver market is doing, and we're seeing that now, right? We're seeing it both in their higher-end luxury single-family homes, and we're starting to see it in other sectors of that market, from what I understand, and, and the stats. And the forecast um, looks like Vancouver will be relatively flat, even go down in the next year or two, uh, in terms of their average property price. Um, but then again, pick up possibly in three or four years is one uh, report that we were reading this morning. Here on the other side of the coin, we, we, we see a very stable, strong market. Uh, and again, as I mentioned, the, the comment about the retired, semi-retired couple putting their money in Whistler, taking it out of the stock market. That's the other thing we start to see too, is that when people aren't as comfortable with money sitting within the stock market, they start to look at Whistler. Now, those people are looking at it both from an investment uh, component as opposed to the return on lifestyle, personal use. Their, their, their choices are wide when they look at where they could put their money. They could put their money anywhere, be it Vancouver, Victoria, anywhere in Canada, or you invest in the U.S., right? But they do when they want to keep it home, localized. And that's where you're starting to see some of those people come back into the Whistler market. Yeah. And again, I think some of that factor is, uh, relates to this Airbnb thing. Like with this demand in the village properties and, and benchlands, uh, where they can have that TA zone. And that's really one thing that has fueled that market um, to the degree that it is. So I'm very positive on the Whistler market. It's stable. Again, I don't know if we're going to see uh, a jump in prices this next year. Uh, we don't anticipate a softening. Uh, the one thing, too, that we have seen recently is a little bit of an increase in, in listings, uh, which is positive for buyers, so there's a little bit more of an option out there. To uh, Yeah, that was that's definitely been a problem in the last, certainly the last year, maybe even the last two years. It's just no product out there. I mean, if you look, especially for single family, as you say, the single family is not a huge market, but there's not a lot to choose from. But I think even if you went down to townhomes, you're, you're, the, the amount of product out there is a little bit scarce. When you break it down by property type, it becomes scarce. And, and again, it's an, interesting, um, it's, it's an interesting fact when you look at the, the property type and price point. There was recently a situation, and I won't get into details, but of three townhouses listed in, in one complex, zone residential, that came on the market, uh, two of them came on a couple months ago, at, uh, at six ninety nine um, for a two-bedroom, one-bath. And they sat. Um, the consensus kind of within the community, uh, the real estate community, was they were probably worth six forty, six fifty, somewhere in that range, six ninety nine. Yeah. It was interesting to see, as soon as one dropped their price down to a much lower level, and uh, they had multiple offers. The other two dropped their price down to uh, 639 and also had um, offers right away. So that tells you something that um, at, at the right price, uh, there are strong buyers yeah. out there. And the fact is that price point today that they're going to sell at is about, in this complex, 5 to 8% more 
than a year ago. So it doesn't really follow the average of, of 10 or 11, but it's close to it. So it's up over a year ago. But the fact is, those three properties that came on now are gone, or will be gone uh, once they firm up. And the, the interesting thing is, if there was more of that property type, right, it would serve the needs of local buyers that want to have a place to live that can afford to buy something in the 600 range uh, to 700. Weekenders, who that's a prime tip price point for them to have uh, places as, as a weekend getaway. Um, and if you wanted to, again, for someone who's buying uh, to put a long-term tenant in there because it's not zoned for tourist accommodation, but it could be an investment property that you put your money in for a long-term residential. And as we know, there's the residential rental market, um, the rates are uh, extremely high compared to years ago, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a huge return from a rental at the present time because there's a shortage both in that um, area of need, right, in terms of uh, affordable rentals. Yeah. So. Uh, there are so many things happening within the Whistler market today that, that really still plays to the favor of ownership, if you can afford it, in terms of stability, uh, price appreciation, and just a limited amount of property. And I don't know if we will see a major change in the years to come unless there's some external variable out there in the international market and economy that would have an impact, as we saw back, say, in 20, uh, 2008, right? But right now, things look very strong. Uh, in terms of where Whistler's going to be, and there's still not a lot of product, unfortunately. Uh, where, where would you say, based on your knowledge as, uh, as uh, a realtor here in Whistler, it's been doing this for some time, where would you say right now is probably the best value? I, I would say two things right now. Um, uh, one, if you residentially, there's certain complexes out there that um, I think if you, if you look at the, the sales of the past six months or year, um, they would give you a sense of stability to go in at, at, at prices that you're comfortable with. Um, so that's kind of some of the residential complexes, and I won't get into specifics, but uh, within within Whistler. Um, the other one seems to be the, we'll go back and repeating ourselves again, the, the Airbnb concept, the nightly rental that we're seeing in the village. Um, the village, uh, be it the village north and village proper, complexes like Sunpath Lagoons, North Star, Glaciers Reach, uh, Granite Court, um, Town Plaza here with the condos, they uh, they have a very strong following, and those individuals that are purchasing are looking at the nightly rental. Um, the ideal thing too is that if the nightly rental isn't that great, uh, you always have an option. Um, uh, be it there may be some tax implications to it, but you can live in these units. You can um, put a full time tenant in there. Um, so there's always kind of an opt out if the nightly rental market um, doesn't support what right, your case right. is what you want. So I'm I'm positive, and if you can afford to buy an old cabin uh, for 1.2 or one three and knock it down and can, can you even house. find a cabin for one two? Yeah, no, there's some around. There's Are a couple there? out in Emerald, and then there's a few in Alpine. Um, so uh, you know you can have a, a brand new house that is uh, built for you um, by one of our you know good time local builders. At, uh, but uh, yeah, it's you know yes, it would be nice if there was uh, like in 2011 or 2012. If I looked at our listing inventory on the WLS, I think we were close to around a thousand listings. And yeah, it would be nice to have that, but in the same token, uh, back in those days, people would look and say, well, gee, how come no one's buying? Yeah. I'm afraid to buy. Yeah. So you can't... Uh, they they wish they could go back in time and change that <laughs> change that view. But the one they, thing I They say, didn't know how good they had it. They didn't know how good, but you know, no one has a crystal ball. And I, I jokingly say, and as I said earlier in the podcast, I, I got into this business when I graduated out of university in uh, late 1970, 1980. 
and I, I thought things were rocking for a couple of years. And I had a crystal ball that sat on my desk, and we would look at the crystal ball and, and see where the real estate market was going. But around 83, 84, yeah. <laughs> it fell off my desk and it cracked. <laughs> so when people ask me to, to tell the future, I, 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 uh, I go see a fortune teller, not, okay. not a realtor. Okay, probably good advice. Um, just uh, last couple of questions. I know it's a little bit outside of your expertise, but you do deal a little bit uh, with real estate in the entire corridor. So are some of these buyers, especially the weekenders coming from the city, are they looking at Whistler finding there's really not a whole lot of product to choose from and maybe are they going to Pemberton or Squamish? There are there are a few that are doing that. Um, if we talk to our, our agents, uh, we call them here at Engel and Volkers, our advisors, um, they will tell you that there are a few people that um, will we'll look at Pemberton as an option or definitely Squamish as an option. The one thing that I say, if you're specifically looking at Whistler to be in Whistler proper um, for both skiing in the winter or boarding, and the summer activities, that time travel is an aspect, and particularly if it is concerned, and particularly if you have children, uh, be it young or teenagers, uh, you want to be in close, close proximity to the services that we have and the infrastructure we have. So the people that are looking at those outer areas as, as an option um, probably do so because they're in a different stage of life or slightly different perspective on why they're buying. Both those areas have seen uh, strong growth. Uh, on the Squamish side, we do have a shop in Squamish um, that's been there now for about four years. And uh, the one thing I must say with Squamish, and I've said this for a number of years, it is the growth opportunity. Uh, we now see, you know, Boza, Polygon, all of the Vancouver developers uh, have moved in there in the past year and a half, two years. So the growth opportunity for Squamish over the next 10, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, I think, is, uh, is significant. It may have its ups and downs, the ebb and flow in terms of absorption, but um, that's really where uh, growth will take place. And they have the land uh, to do it. They just need to create more infrastructure, I think, to, to, uh, to service what, what they're building, right? Right. But, uh, and and it, can, it can become a bedroom community, as it obviously is to a certain degree, of Vancouver. Uh, and, a, and it's a very strong bed, bedroom community for, for Whistler, right? Yeah. Uh, well, there's and, a lot of ex-Whistlerites moving down there. And they're, and they're going there. I mean, it's, yeah. and the one thing about Squamish, it, it, has, it has the infrastructure. It's got decent schools, hospital, um, recreational facilities. So it has what every small town Canada has. And I don't know the population right now if it's... About 17,000. 17, 17,000 and change. And I, I look at Squamish potentially as kind of what, uh, years ago, we looked at kind of Penticton as a growing little community. Um, slightly different in some ways. Both had strong recreational aspects to it. Um, both appealed to uh, young families, um, move-ups and retirees because of the infrastructure there. So I think the growth in Squamish um, is, 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 is great. And I think it will attract a, a wide range of people because of that. Um, because of the different property types and somewhat affordability. And again, it's the midpoint between Vancouver and Whistler. So, um, you know, it's going to catch a lot of business coming through uh, in terms of just its proximity to those two areas, those major areas. So positive on that. Pemberton's always going to be a, a, a bedroom community of Whistler and a, probably, a, you know, a unique kind of farming, retirement, hobby farm area for those selective people that uh, to wish to have the, you know, the acreage in the hobby farm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the corridor is shrinking. The world is shrinking. <laughs> yeah, sadly, <laughs> yes. And and there's more and more people. And when I say and shrinking, more and more people are discovering this this lovely corner of our world. Yeah, so, so it's uh it's it's the natural growth of, of uh, For years we told people to come here, now we're like, ah <laughs> can we tell them to go away? 
Well, I uh, yeah, we don't want to talk. We don't about want. It. We don't. No, but you can do I, what we don't want people to go away. We just we just uh, come come a little slower, maybe. Well, like I said, we just have to you know we we have to look through the glass a different way. Yeah, right? we'll yeah. put it that way. Because I mean, if, we are we are a resort. And, uh, and, you know, we do need the destination visitors, the people that come here. Yeah. Uh, but I think the key thing, too, and this goes back, we're talking about, uh, I'm a bit off topic, but we're talking about our recent uh, uh, municipal elections. It's, um, you know, we're council um, here. We'll be dealing with a lot of different aspects uh, of, of what Whistler's all about. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a bit of a test tube experiment in terms of where we've come from in the past and where we're going. We're a unique community within um, in North America uh, with employee housing, uh, tourist destination, people that live here permanently, now a, a retired community that we're, we're starting to see evolve. Uh, so there's a lot of aspects of Whistler that, you know, from where we started in the 70s, 80s, ha- has changed dramatically. Um, transportation's an issue, uh, housing is still an issue, rental housing, um, employees. So all of these things, um, you know, comes with uh, being an attractive place where people want to come. Yeah. And it's our duty, our civic duty, uh, to try to find solutions to that so that all these people can still come here and have a good uh, time and go away um, feeling that uh, the, they've really enjoyed their experience, whether they're living here for a number of years, visiting for a season, or coming for a weekend. Um, I think that's the goal that we should all have is look at, uh, you know, it should be a, a good, fun experience, take away great memories, and to close the old RLL, <laughs> Return on Lifestyle, whether it's for a, a day, a weekend, a year, or 30 years. All right. And with, yes, with those positive words, we'll, uh, we'll end the podcast. And again, thanks to Ron Mitchell for sitting down and talking with us. Hi, you're most welcome. Thank you very much. This is the Sea to Sky podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky podcast. Thank you for clicking us on.